0: Hello and welcome to episode number one of the Three Man Weave Sports Podcast. My name's Jack. I'm one of your hosts. If you're a fan of sports, this is the place for you. Today, we're going to be taking a deep look at the NFL season. We're going to look back at week six and look forward to week seven as well and do a little MVP and playoff picture breakdown as well right after this.
1: Young Metro don't trust you. I'm going to Beautiful morning.
0: Yeah, morning, baby. Welcome to episode one of the much anticipated Three Man Weave podcast. I'm your host, Jack Wetzel. I'm here with Mason and Devin. How are you guys doing today?
2: Uh, great. Excited to be here finally. Episode one. How you feeling, Devin?
1: You know, I'm pretty pretty good right now. Yeah. Glad we're
0: doing this podcast. Me too. All right, so today we're going to talk a little bit, a lot about NFL football. We're going to start with a week six reactions from last week. Then we're going to talk a little bit about our mid-season outlook, do a little playoff prediction, some MVP talk, and then Mason's going to round it up with some fancy football and then our predictions for week seven. So our first talking point today is going to be about the Dak Prescott list, Dallas Cowboys, looking at their Monday night game, absolute dominated. They lost 38-10. to Mason, tell me what you thought about that.
2: Well, first of all, for the Cowboys, I mean, we heard all week that it was going to be Andy Dalton taking over for Dak Prescott. He was going to take the range of this offense and they were really going to be the same well you had to know that wasn't going to be the case i mean last night Andy dalton 34 54 266 yards one touchdown two picks he was average at best i mean let's be let's be honest here he had some nice plays but he had some bad ones he should have thrown a pick six to jordan hicks should have thrown a touchdown to michael gallup dropped in the end zone wasn't really helped out by his run game Obviously, the defense after the first quarter kind of collapsed. Yeah, and then O-line injuries have been mounting up for the Cowboys badly. Like, I mean, Tyron Smith is out. Lyle Collins is out. Travis Frederick retired. Zach Martin got hurt on Monday night. This team looks like a disaster. Not to mention, their star player, Zeke Elliott, looked terrible.
0: Yeah, so talking about Zeke, you know... 12 rushes, 49 yards, put the ball on the ground twice. I mean, Cowboys turned the ball over four times. Arizona didn't turn over once. Devin, do you think that kind of played the big role in really, you know, the end of the game scoreline?
1: Yeah, like turnovers for the Cowboys offense has really not really helped their poor defense out. They have put them in uh, bad situations.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Mason, just talk a little bit. I know you just talked about the Cowboys there. Uh, What can you tell us really about how, not necessarily it was the Cowboys failure, but what did the Cardinals do well? Well, watching the Cardinals
2: last night, this is really the first big look I've gotten at the Cardinals this year. Their defense is night and day from last year. I mean, they've been able to cover so much better. Moving Byron Murphy into the slot from outside has been a great switch for them. Vance Joseph bringing pressure, confusing Andy Dalton. Worked like a charm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things I noticed from the game was Kyler Murray actually was 9 for 24. Not really fantastic passing. Didn't turn the ball over, though. Threw two touchdowns. Less than 200 yards passing, but it was really the rushing game that really brought it open. Devin, what does that kind of dual threat ability you think bring to the the Cardinals offense?
1: Um, I think it opens up a lot for the offense, kind of like keeping the defense on their toes.
0: Yeah, definitely, and then obviously the rushing game was big. Kenyon Drake, 20 carries, 164 yards, putting the ball in the end zone twice. That's big. It's really hard to overcome that type of performance. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about later about how we see the Cowboys figuring out the rest of the year without Dak, obviously him being put on IR out for the rest of the season. Um, let's get into another one of the games from this weekend. Let's talk about the Steelers going up to 5-0. and o. Uh, What do you have to say about that, Mason? I mean, I don't really have to tell you guys at this point. The Steelers' defense is legit.
2: Their front seven has seven complete playmakers on it. They've only allowed 66 yards per game rushing, four sacks per game. As I mentioned, TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, both amazing off the edge, If there's one slight weakness that I would say, but this is really just nitpicking, their secondary has given up 219 yards per game. That is still top 10 in the league, but as I said, it's just nitpicking. And when we go over the offense, Big Ben looks to have gotten comfortable. He looked a little rusty to start the year. Does look like he's aged a little bit. They're not asking him to do as much with the ball, but he can still make some throws when necessary, and really all he needs to be for this team is a game manager.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um... As we're looking at it, the Steelers have six guys with over 10 receptions. That's massive. Five of them have at least a touchdown. I mean, that passing game's been massive. Big Ben, as you said, he's aging a little bit, but 11-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio, keeping that ball protected, which is something he struggled before in his career. Devin, I want you to speak about the guy who's been emerging Four touchdowns against the Eagles, Chase Claypool. What do you have to say about him?
1: You know, I really like Chase Claypool. He's kind of a big-body receiver, but he's also got that speed. They like to give them on, like, jet sweeps near the goal line.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they just absolutely blew Cleveland out of the water. It was going into that game, a lot of people thought those might be, you know, two teams that would really compete this year in that division. There's three teams that are probably contending for the playoffs. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But it was really clear to me that the Steelers were definitely a lot better than Cleveland. Them and the Ravens might be a level above. I'll be excited for when they play. I mean, this year their defense, as you were talking about, they're second in yards per game, first in sacks. That's just a dominating defense plus five turnover margin. Anything else you guys have to say about that team? I mean, really, like I said, Big Ben only has to be a game manager, and that's because he has
2: four receivers he can dump the ball to, plus Eric Ebron, who he uh, he can just dump the ball to yards after the catch. Juju's taking up a lot of that double team, which is really allowing Claypool, Deontay Johnson, when healthy, and James Washington to get a lot more yardage and a lot more targets. Yeah. And then James Conner and Benny Snell. I mean, we can't really forget about the running game. Those are two downhill bruisers that are going to eat up clock, they have a great offensive line as always in Pittsburgh, and I think they're going to win a lot of games with a balanced offense and their great defense. Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, there's not much more you can say about that Cleveland or the Pittsburgh offense. Yeah. I mean, they have so many weapons. They seem to always just find that extra receiver, you know, in the draft. They got so many good running game as well. I mean, that team's just really rolling. All right, um, I think we're going to move on. Talk a little bit about the five and one Bears. The Bears are five and one. Are they legit? I mean, they've only have wins. Their five wins are against Detroit. The Giants, Atlanta, Tampa, Carolina. Tampa's probably the only really standout team, probably maybe the only playoff team out of those five. Um, what do you guys have to say? Are the, are the Bears legit? I mean, five wins, they're getting close to, you know, that's probably less than half or more than half of what you'll need to get in the playoffs. So what do you feel about the Bears? I mean, really, it's kind of
2: hard to tell for me. There's a lot to like about this team, but there's also a lot to dislike about this team. Uh, my first point is probably, you know, Nick Foles, probably the most volatile quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you know, when he's on, this team can be great on offense. When he's off, you know, I mean, they look awful. Like in the Tampa Bay game for the first half, and really, they need Nick Foles to settle down. He doesn't have to be great. He doesn't. He just needs to, uh, you know, manage the game. We more.
0: need Super Bowl manager Nick Foles. Exactly. There. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And then the other thing I want to bring up about their offense is. You know, they they have the worst third-quarter offense in the NFL by far. Through six games, they have scored seven points in the third quarter, and that came against Carolina last
0: Sunday. It's not getting it done. That's hard to really go out there and win and really separate from another team, especially if you're going to be winning these games. you got to kind of pull away in the third quarter. Exactly, yeah. And then, I mean, the defense is back to being great.
2: You know, they were amazing in 2017 when they went to the playoffs. Took a few years kind of getting back to that new defensive coordinator after Vic Fangio left. Chuck Pagano seems like he's got this defense back to playing well. Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack, obviously, you know. they got a great defensive line, great secondary. I think they're doing some nice things in Chicago on defense again.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I think the main thing is you kind of got to wait to see till they play the rest of the NFC North. I mean, oh, they I haven't really got to play that division. It's not probably as talented of a division as it normally would be with the Vikings not looking as good, Detroit's not looking as great. But to me, the key is their next three games against the Rams, New Orleans, Tennessee, all teams that have high explosive offenses, really good teams. Devin, what do you think about that?
1: Um, I think their defense would have to play really big in those games because their offense has a, not really shown as a lot of success, especially in that third quarter.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think with the Bears right now, I would say we're probably not completely sold. I mean, 5-1, and one, that's a great record, but... The quality of teams they've beaten is not very high. And these next three games are really is what's gonna show it for the Bears. Um, moving on to one of our last points from week six is Tampa Bay, we got Brady out there. They're four and two now. A lot they didn't start the season really great. A lot of people weren't sure it's gonna look, but it's really starting to look like he is clicking with that offense. The defense is absolutely pounding teams. I mean, what do you have to say about that, Mason? I
2: mean, really? That's what we were thinking. Everybody was talking about Brady coming over. Can he do better than last season? A season where he still threw 4,000 yards, mind you, but he just didn't look like the same Tom Brady. I think he's been good. I don't think he's been great, but he doesn't have to be great for this team.
0: Definitely doesn't. He manages the game. I mean, one of the big things is the running game. I mean, Vaughn Jones has been there. They have Fournette coming back he's definitely going to you know, carry some of that load as well. And it's making it takes all the load off Brady. Whereas we've seen in New England a lot where they're kind of almost relying on Brady to throw that ball, this team doesn't have to do that. They can hand it off at least multiple downs, which really takes the pressure off.
2: And I actually have a question for you guys. So they signed Leonard Fournette. They bring in LaShawn McCoy. Obviously they got the rookie from Vanderbilt, Keyshawn Vaughn.
0: After three straight 100-yard rushing games, do you guys think this backfield should be Rojo's alone? I mean, I think, although as I think all three of us would agree, as fantasy managers, we don't love split backfields. I think, to be honest, it's probably the most beneficial thing for that team where I think Rojo has clearly shown himself as probably the best back in the backfield, but that doesn't mean he should be in there every down. You know, if it's third and one, they need to get those yardage. That's probably where you throw Leonard in there. He can sure put that, you know, put the head down, get that first down, get those two yards, get it over the marker. And then I think, you know, if you're in the passing game, Keyshawn Vaughn, LaShawn McCoy, I mean, they're, they're two of the best at it. They can get out there, catch some balls, and really – uh change up the offense so while Ronald Jones has clearly shown that he is very capable with his last three games I think if you want to win at the best level and the highest level they'll they'll have to get a little mixture of both what do you think Devin
1: you know I think uh I feel like if Ronald Jones keeps his success going I think he could lead the backfield going forward obviously like Fournette will get the goal line carries and Keyshawn Vaughn and McCoy will get the
0: receiving work but I think Rojo can uh be the lead back in Tampa eventually. Yeah, continue to get some high-volume carries, and especially, yeah, he's very young still, so nothing. Uh, not like he doesn't have his chances still out there. Um, to me, I think, uh, obviously, there's a lot to look at that offense. I mean, they got Mike Evans, you know, Chris Godwin, Rojo, you know, they even got um, Gronk out there, you know, hobbling around. But he's still playing, producing. But to me, the big thing really is they have the number one defense in yards per game, number two in sacks. Basically, it's them – and the Steelers, who are flopped in those positions, they're both 1-2. So I think the defense is really the big thing that stepped up. Uh, do you guys have anything to say about that defense? I mean, it's been pretty incredible.
2: I mean, it's it was up and down for the first, I'd say, half or first three weeks of this season. But they've, they've really turned a corner after that Chargers game. You know, Justin Herbert kind of tore them up a little bit. But they have some legit studs. Even after losing Vita, Ve- Sha- Shaq Barrett is great off the edge. Jason Pierre-Paul has been great for a long time. and sue late hits and all, you know, great football player. And they have a really good, really young secondary. And Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, they have Antoine Winfield Jr. at the back. You know, I think they've really turned a corner. First in yards per game. They're uh, first in rushing yards allowed per game, even above the Steelers. You guys can believe that. Yeah. It's impressive. And sixth in pass yards allowed per game.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, is, it looks like I'd probably say they're – they're. I think it'd be fair to say they're probably ready to get to around 10 games. I'd say that's probably their pace right now. They'll win around 10 games. And, uh, I mean, we'll get into this in the, in the playoff prediction, but that's, that's enough to make the playoffs probably win the division with how the, the, the Saints are playing right now. We'll, we'll see if they'll bounce back. They probably will. You know, they have such a talented team. But, I mean, this Tampa team, at least right now, there was a lot of questions early, but it looks like they're really looking successful. Devin, do you have anything else you want to add with Tampa? Um, I
1: really like what Todd Bowles has done as their defensive coordinator.
0: Definitely. I mean, the defense is huge.
1: Yeah, like with him, blitzing Devin White, and Levante David as well through yep. that pass rush create a big problem for offenses
2: and then one more thing to go over about this tampa bay team really their success hinges on the success of their offensive line and pass protection obviously tom brady we know is not mobile i mean duh
0: he's a rock in the pocket yeah right
2: and really their success on offense hinges on whether this offensive line can stay back there and protect him you saw in their loss to the bears gave up four sacks eight quarterback hits the big win against the packers this past weekend zero sacks only four quarterback hits, yeah. it really, a lot of it hinges on the success of this offensive line and pass protection.
0: Yeah, that's massive. So, I mean, I think the three of us, as before the season, we weren't really in on this Tampa team. I think I just want to get a little bit, are, are we are we buying in a little bit right now? I'm starting to, I'm starting to. Apologies to the Tampa Bay fans out there. I really did
2: not buy into this team. Yeah, Devin, you think season. they're
1: legit? Yeah, I think their defense with Tom Brady,
0: yeah, game managing, can lead them to a Super Bowl potentially. Yeah, definitely. With that defense playing as well as it is, I mean... It's hard not to look at that team because, I mean, while Brady isn't a top-five quarterback anymore, he's enough where, with all the weapons around him and that massive supporting defense, he can almost play, as we mentioned a little bit before, a Nick Foles role or a Jimmy Garoppolo role with the Niners last year where you're not, you're not a bad quarterback, but you're not, you know, the best player on the team, but you can manage that team and get them, you know, very far in the playoffs. Um, last team we're going to talk about uh, just pre- or coming off of week six is going to be the Chiefs. I mean, obviously they had that big game. It was a weird Monday, not Monday night game, more like Monday game. Uh, they're now up to 5-1. and one. They beat the Bills. Josh Allen definitely wasn't the most impressive, but I think the main thing we're going to try to talk about is the Chiefs and how they're looking forward. Um, uh, basically, are we thinking of them as an AFC Championship game lock at this point? Because that's where they've been the past few years, and it looks like they're continuing to roll with that, uh, with that mentality.
2: Uh, really at this point? I mean, obviously they have a great team. I'm not sure if we can lock anybody in that AFC into the uh, championship game at this point. They obviously also compete with the Steelers, the Titans.
0: Yeah, definitely still going to be tough. Teams like that.
2: But uh, no, I think they're looking really good, especially in this Buffalo game. I mean, Steve Spagnola for this Chiefs defense hasn't played with their hair on fire. They're sending blitzers every single play. They're getting pressure at such a high rate. You saw it get to Josh Allen so many times.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially with such a mobile quarterback as Josh Allen, it's it's impressive you have to contain that. And he basically didn't even have the opportunity to run much because he was getting so much pressure, having to get rid of that ball early, which is perfect. You don't want to let him have a lot of time in that pocket because then he's slipping out. Through the tackles or you know, around the edge and he is rolling out, getting those yardage, making plays with himself. Um, I mean, Devin, you want to talk a little bit about I think the main thing also for the Chiefs is that division is just not looking very good. There's not really any competitive team, I would say. I mean, the Broncos I guess had a winner this weekend, but I think that New England team's probably not as good as people thought they were gonna be. Uh, what do you have to say about the division?
1: Um, right now I think Kansas City's got the division. It's, a, it's definitely easy. a runaway, it seems Yeah. As well. and uh One more thing, I think the Raiders in that division, I think they could make the playoffs.
0: I think it's a team to watch for. All right, Devin's jumping ahead a little bit to what we're doing later, but looks like Devin might be buying into some Raiders stock. I mean, he's a and grinder over there. I would agree. I would agree. The
2: Raiders, I think, are a really good team, and I think they gave the NFL a little bit of what a blueprint is to uh, beat Kansas City last week. Not no, I wouldn't say defensively, but offensively, your game plan against Kansas City going forward really has to be you have to run the ball effectively and you have to have speed on the outside. When you get their corners to come up and play their run game, you have to hit them with heavy play action like Derek Carr did.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, week six as a whole, I think definitely was a was a big week kind of revealing a lot of teams, true colors. Was there any teams that, You kind of think we can count out now after week six, or you think it's a little too early still?
2: Well, I mean, this one might be kind of crazy, I know, but uh, I think we can really count out the New York football jets. Uh, I would
0: agree. Uh, Six losses is probably not going to uh, (laughs) – 0-6 is not getting them towards that playoffs. Yeah, I don't think they're competing in that division. I don't know if there's any other teams we can really write off yet. Um, Well, I guess the Texans after another, you know, they're still just not looking very good. They've so. been arguably one of the most disappointing teams. Yeah, in the definitely game, disappointing. They're one of those teams we could probably write off by now. Um, other than that, I think that was our uh, Week 6 recap. Uh, after this break, we are going to go over our off-season predictions, or our, not our off-season predictions, but our mid-season predictions for MVP and the uh, the playoff race as well. We'll see the seven teams that are making it from each, uh, each conference. Alright, and we are back now to discuss the mid-season playoff picture, obviously coming off six weeks so far. We're a little early, but just get a little outlook at least on how we're all thinking about the playoff picture. Just a reminder for all of you guys, the playoffs has changed just a little bit this year. There's now going to be seven teams making it from each uh, conference. uh, Do either of you guys have thoughts on if we like this, do we not like this? How do we feel about the seven team with the three wild cards making it in?
2: Well, it's definitely interesting, you know. I'm kind of in the wait and see mode. I don't know if, like, it I mean, it's probably it's nice for the fan base of another team to not just have to miss out on the playoff by that much. Nine and seven team, eight and eight team, yeah. sneaking. It's always
0: tough when the you know it comes down to the tiebreakers and there's like three nine and seven teams. So I think that that will definitely help. I mean, the only other big thing is not only is it seven teams make the playoffs, but now it's only one team gets a bye week as well. You know, either of you guys have thoughts about that, Devin? Maybe. Um, it's a little interesting with the one bye week. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, we'll see how it works out. I think it does definitely at least reward the best team in the league because oftentimes we'll see the right. team that's getting that second bye week is definitely a lower tier team most of the time at least I feel like. And I mean, look at the playoff picture right now. There's probably a few teams that the teams that are probably second in the division or in the conference are not the same caliber. Probably not deserving of bye week. So uh, I want to throw it over to Devin first. Uh, let's start with the NFC. Um, what are the four division winners that you have right now?
1: All right, so first I have Seattle as the one seed. Then I have Green
0: Bay second,
1: Seattle, I mean not Seattle, the Saints third, and then the Eagles fourth. All right, so you have the Saints winning the NFC South still. Yeah, I think uh, Michael Thomas will help the offense out a lot,
0: kind of like spread things open. Yeah, definitely. They are. I mean, they are definitely missing that one link there probably I would agree with. Um, that's interesting, though picking them over the Bucks. Uh, Mason, who do you have as your four at least uh, division winners? Well, before I get into that, Devin, let me talk
2: to you about Michael Thomas because right before we started filming this podcast, we got some news. Michael Thomas has re-injured his hamstring and was limited in practice today, so it sounds like the Saints might be without him for a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, Saints definitely might be without him for longer, but I will say I think down in the last eight games of the year hitting that second half of the season when they need him most. He'll be playing definitely at least you know by playoff time as well. So uh, what were your uh, division or your division winners in the NFC? All right, so mine pretty much
2: resembled Devin's. First we have Seattle, then Green Bay, New Orleans, and then I actually have Dallas instead of Philadelphia.
0: Okay, nice. Um, I will say I kind of counted yours. I think I have the Eagles winning the NFC East. Maybe a little bit of home bias. I just think without Dak, though, especially – I think Wentz is actually playing really well right now still and I think that the team uh, if it gets a little bit healthier is probably a level above Dallas especially how disappointed Dallas has been playing. I have the Packers winning the NFC North. I don't think that division is gonna be that competitive. I think we aren't probably as into the Bears as some people as the record might show. Seattle I have winning NFC uh, West and then I have the Buccaneers winning the uh, NFC South. I just think the Saints have been a little disappointing this year so uh Devin, do you want to give us the three teams you have making the wild card? Oh, my wild card
1: teams are the Bucs,
0: Bears, and then the Cardinals as the seventh seed. Bucks, Bears, and Cardinals. All right, and Mason, what about you? Same thing. Same all right. Exact. I had the Bears, Saints, but that's just because I flipped yeah, right. the bu- I think th- I think we would all would agree that the Saints are going to make the playoffs in the Bucks, It'll just be one will win the division, one will not. And then I did Cardinals slash Rams. I think to me it'll be close. It'll come down to whoever wins between those two when they play. I think they're both pretty talented this year. I'm more probably into the Rams than you guys were, but um, I don't know. We'll see how the Cardinals play. They've been, uh, they haven't been they have been too impressive other than I guess that Monday night game was pretty well. So we'll see how that goes. The Cardinals have a huge game coming up against Seattle this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I think that'll definitely be a big tell though to how legit the Cardinals are. So the NFC playoff picture that's our uh, little recap there. Do either of you guys have one team that you think's above the rest in the NFC? Uh, right now, I'd have to say Seattle. Yeah, me too. That's what I would say. I think Seattle, I mean, it probably was. The Packers were the other team up there. Um, but this weekend was, was really rough for them. They they definitely looked like they got exposed and beat pretty badly. So I would say Seattle, as of now, would be the team I would pick to come out of the NFC. What about you, Devin? I oh, don't know. I don't really have, like, a clear, like, front I think it's still competitive. NFC. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on over to the AFC. Um, Me and Devin root for teams in the, in the NFC, but we'll go over to Mason's uh, conference, go to the AFC. Uh, what are your four division winners out of the NFC, or the AFC?
2: So, number one, obviously, I have the Steelers. I'm really big on the Steelers this year. You know, I think their defense is great. I said a balanced offense is key for them. I do think they're going to be able to go around... like the second I have the Chiefs, as we mentioned earlier, their real competition in that division is the Raiders, but I don't see the Broncos or the Chargers doing much. They have a pretty lax schedule going forward. They do play the Buccaneers and the uh, Saints, how they have those left, but that's about it. Third, I have the Titans, and this is really where it kind of gets interesting, because they do have the Colts to challenge them in that division, and a lot of people might think the Bills might finish with a better record than the Titans, but... I mean, really, because you know, nine and seven team last year, miracle AFC championship run. This is a legit team. They're fourteen and five, including the playoffs, with Ryan Tannehill since he took over. They have a great running game. The defense, it has its weeks, as you saw with the Bills, but you then saw with the Texans. I think this is a great team, and I really do think they're a three seed with a chance to go pretty far in the playoffs. Then I have the Bills coming in at four out of the AFC East.
0: Yeah, I think. Uh... We see this a lot out of the AFC, but I think it's definitely a top-heavy year. I think the division winners, other than probably the Ravens, I think those top five are probably the, top, the best five in the league. I, mean, I know Lamar's dropped off a little bit. We'll probably talk about them in a little bit. But I think I would agree. I got Chiefs, Titans, Steelers, Bills. I think they're clearly the four best teams in their division. Uh, the Steelers, definitely, to me, after last week, they looked just a step above probably the Ravens and the Browns who are in the division. Uh, Devin, what is your division? Where is it the same as those four? Yeah, I've got the same as me, the Steelers, Chiefs, Titans, and Bills. Yeah, so it looks like we're all kind of buying in on those division leaders, and it seems like many years that is the case in the AFC where we have a lot of – it's it's very top-heavy, and a lot of times there'll be, like, there's a lot of 9-7 and seven teams that'll make the wild card where then, you know, we have 12, 13, you know, 14-win teams winning those divisions. Um, the wild card race does get a little bit – uh, more exciting. Uh, Mason, what are your three wild card teams out of the AFC? Well,
2: as we get into the wild card teams, the gap that kind of separates the division winners and the wild card teams, I'd say, is definitely quarterback play. And definitely. let me get into that. So, at fifth, I have the Ravens. The Ravens are still a good team. They've demonstrated they have a great defense over these first six weeks. However, Lamar Jackson's drop off as a passer this year has been kind of alarming. I'd say he has about one in every five of his throws that makes you think, Wow, this kid's special, and then four of those five throws are dude. Where are you throwing the ball? Below, onto the turf, you know. Miles Spize above it. his receiver, yeah. out of bounds. Yeah, it's just question mark in the Colts. Young quarterback though, at least so hopefully he will right, be able to change it. Hopefully he can up. develop over this season, and his rushing ability still adds a nice threat to their offense. At six, I have the Colts, and in the off season, I didn't think Philip Rivers was a good signing, and through six games, he hasn't really done anything other than this week against the Bengals to you know prove me wrong. I think he's just too turnover-prone for this team, and I think they really need to start running the ball more and leaning on their really strong defense. Yeah, put it on the ground. And that same thing goes for uh, Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland does already lean on the run. Their defense is definitely not as good as the Colts or the Ravens, but it's still formidable. And their run game is going to take them places. They have weapons on the outside. It's just Baker Mayfield has to be smart with the ball, and he's shown us time and time again he can't be smart with the ball.
0: Yeah, Baker... um... It's just a little bit of a side question. But do we think Baker's time is expiring in Cleveland a little bit?
2: Not or Do if they you make think the it playoffs. do we think it
0: hinges, I guess, on them making the playoffs? Yes. To make the playoffs, do you think he keeps his job, but if he misses those playoffs, at least personally, I think it's it's gonna be a tough I think he'll still be the quarterback next year no matter what, but it's going to be hard. There'll be a lot of pressure on him. I mean, there already is, but if, if they miss that playoffs, it's going to be tough to really look there and say that was worth that first overall well, pick. Well,
2: after that Pittsburgh game, I'd already seen reports that people are calling for Case Keenum. So you got to think, yeah, yeah. his, his, Keenum his viable leash option. is incredibly short. Yeah, yeah. He um,
0: that. yeah. Uh, my three wildcard teams, same as yours. Ravens, I think, are clearly the fifth best team probably in that. And then there's a little bit of a drop-off to the Colts. And then I have the Browns making it in. I got three teams from the uh, NFC or the AFC North making the, uh, the playoffs, but I think that is probably clearly the most talented division because in the uh, AFC South, Jacksonville obviously I don't think is very good. Texans aren't very good. And then as we already talked about with the Chiefs and the AFC West, I think that division is not very competitive. But Devin has the Raiders making it as a wild card team. So let's hear what Devin's wild card is.
1: Uh, so I have the fifth seed. I have the Ravens. Obviously they'll be – a big gap, yeah, right. and then I have the Browns as the sixth seed. I think they can run on any team,
2: I'd agree with that. And besides Pittsburgh, obviously, as we saw last week,
1: yeah, but because they don't want Baker throwing it, no,
2: definitely not.
1: And then my seventh seed, I have the Raiders. Let's hear why. Um, I have them because I think their offense can stay with like any team,
2: I would agree with that, like we saw like, against the Chiefs. They have a great running back in Josh Jacobs and a ton of speed outside with Henry Ruggs.
0: Yeah, and Nelson Aguilar, too.
2: Outcast receiver from Philadelphia doing work in uh, Oakland. Yeah,
0: Nelson Aguilar. I mean, you definitely have to respect what he's been doing. I mean, obviously, as an Eagles fan, I'm not a big fan of his, but he's been playing. He plays well. He's been catching balls, you know, over the top, which is always what kind of the outlook they had for him in Philly. They just definitely weren't able to to fix him into that position, really. But I think it's big for him as being able to move on and get a fresh atmosphere because, he just definitely wasn't really getting the reception that he needed there and probably the support to be able to continue to grow as a player. Obviously, you know, being a first-round pick, he's still legit, definitely a weapon. Um, So Devin's the only one that went a little bit out of the box there, getting the Raiders in the playoffs. Um, the only other thing I would uh, mention now would be our MVP race. Mason, who do you have in the top of the MVP race?
2: Well, my MVP race, I mean, currently, as it was last season, it's Russell Wilson's to lose at this point. I think... Patrick Mahomes has had a good start to the year, but he's obviously, you know, he's had some rough games completion percentage-wise. Only thrown one interception, but the Chiefs are leaning more on the run the past few games than they have ever before under Andy Reid. Uh, Josh Allen's kind of done a tailspin the past few games out of the MVP race, and then I had a question for you guys. What do we make of Aaron Rodgers' MVP case after a brutal game in Tampa? He had a great first five games, or four games. Yeah,
0: um, for me, I agree. It's definitely Russ right up there, number one. I think it's his to lose. He's putting up historical numbers. I mean, passing, that team just looks incredible. They're they're firing on all gears. Him and DK look like that is going to be something to have a problem with for the next 10 years at least in the NFL, as long as they can keep them two together. Um, To me, I have Mahomes second in that race. I think he's still... Obviously, the best. I think a lot of times people overlook him because of just how good he is. You're not really impressed with the stats he puts up. Exactly. But he is still incredible. He is still the best quarterback, the best player, in my opinion, in the league. And then I still, as you were asking, I have Aaron Rodgers in third. Um, The Tampa game was not great. And I think if he has one more game like that uh, over the course of the season, that probably will drop him. He might be able to stay in third, but that definitely probably limits his chance of winning it. It's really hard to have two bad performances, but for me, he's in third, and then I got Josh Allen and Kyler Murray chilling out in four and five. I don't think Josh really has a chance of winning the MVP over the last three games. He's been really poor. And then I think Kyler's kind of starting to move, and then I just want to give a little bit of love right now to Derrick Henry. I think he is a little bit in that race. At least he's, he's trying to get in that race, which is obviously a quarterback's club. As we know, the MVP is not really ever won by someone unless they're just outstanding at their position, and so want to give some love to Derrick Henry. Hopefully, he can get in that you know, top five.
2: So, I got a question for you guys. It's kind of off-topic, but you did mention Kyler Murray. I've been thinking about this leading up to the podcast, and I really wanted to ask you guys, who do you think is a better quarterback currently this year, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? Dumb. Probably,
1: <clears throat>
0: Probably Kyler from his passing ability. That's been clearly better than Lamar. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean... I know Kyler probably has a little bit more weapons or at least he has DeAndre Hopkins who I still think on his day is probably the best receiver in the league, which is really impressive. I mean, he's performed though really well for a second season, which I will say Lamar was in his second season as well. So we've kinda of, we're seeing similar growth from what the two of them had, because last year Kyler was a little bit up and down. You know, It was obviously there. There was a lot of potential there, and you could see it. But then you still have his, you know, those moments where you're like, wow, all right, that's his first year in the league. Like You can kind of tell still. So they're on fairly similar uh, paths. I still think Lamar is a fantastic quarterback, but I would agree, at least right now, I think Kyler's playing better. If you ask me, though, who I wanted on my team for the next 10 years, probably take Lamar. I think Lamar has more of upside, and I think his running ability is just a little bit better than Kyler.
2: Now, see, I would argue with you on that i mean like i'd take kyler murray in my team for the next 10 years because i just think about it like this if you put kyler murray in the offense that lamar jackson is playing in right now he'd have relatively the same success as lamar jackson it's a run heavy offense it's a lot of pistol it's a lot of play action quarterback design runs with some drawbacks a lot of throwing to the tight ends kyler murray's in an air raid scheme i don't that's think fair. lamar jackson could succeed in an air raid that's scheme.
0: fair they definitely are they're in the offenses built for them but uh Devin, do you want to give us any other talk about the MVP race right now? Um, <clears throat> I'm glad you talked about Derrick Henry, Jack, because he was actually my dark horse for an MVP if yeah. he continues. I mean, if he keeps up play. this production, it it would be hard... Not to look at it, but then again, we look at years with you know McCaffrey, you know having. I'm pretty sure he broke the all-purpose yard record. I believe a like thousand, two a yeah. thousand. Yeah, I mean inches. it's incredible. He didn't get the record last year. We saw Michael Thomas break you know the single-season catch record. He didn't get it, so
2: it's a quarterback yeah, award. Yeah, it's
0: it's a quarterback award. Um, I think although if he did if he did keep this production up, it would be hard at least not to consider him top three on that ballot. Um, I think now we're going to look. We're gonna move on just to our last little recap of the season, at least looking at our outlook. We're going to talk a little bit about who was most impressive from this season. I'm going to talk about players. Mason's going to hit teams. I don't know what Devin's going to hit on it, but we're going to talk a little bit about our most impressive and biggest disappointment. Uh, to start it off for me, I would say most impressive. I got two players kind of talk about. We've talked about them both so far, though. Josh Allen to me. I know he's dropped off a little bit, but I don't think many people saw him playing this well in that Bills team you know, performing to the level they are. And then I have Ronald Jones, fifth in the league in rushing. I think a lot of people saw right at the beginning of the year they signed Leonard and they thought Rojo was going to be kind of counted out of that backfield. Um, But that was my uh, most impressive. Mason, what are your, uh, you're looking at most impressive teams?
2: So I already talked about, you know, the Cardinals, the Bears, and like the Raiders, obviously the Titans as well. So don't think that I'm leaving your team out, any fans of those, because they have been great this year. But a couple teams that I haven't talked about that I've been really impressed with this year, the Panthers. Pretty sure the Panthers are three and three, three and three. three, and three. Okay, yeah, Matt I mean, Rule, yeah, Matt Rule. You know he's a great coach. He's had success everywhere he's been, but he's had historically a lot more rebuilding projects. Took Temple from a winless team to an eleven win team. Took Baylor from three and nine team, I believe, yeah. to a ten and three
0: team. Matt Rule doing things at Baylor, doing and, things at Temple. Go I on. mean, he's
2: got some great players too. We we probably all forgot about how solid of a quarterback Teddy Bridgewater is. He hasn't even had Christian McCaffrey for the last four games. Mike Davis. Mike Who Davis. thought Mike Davis would have the season that he's having?
0: Might need to take Rojo off the most impressive list and put Mike Davis on there after so, how he's know, been playing.
2: Cut by the Bears last year. Panthers picked him up. He's been great. One addition. And then my other team, uh, the Dolphins. You know, the Fitz led Dolphins. Uh, sad today that he lost his job to Tua, but for the first seven or first six weeks of the season, they've been great. Yeah. They've played every team that they've played tough. they barely lost to the Bills. I believe they played the Patriots pretty close. They beat a pretty solid 49ers team badly in San Francisco, although I will say they do have a lot of injuries.
0: Yeah, I mean, Brian Flores is doing good stuff for that team. We all like him as a coach. I think I think most people now around the league clearly know that while his team might not be that good, or at least is, I think they're performing still above how their roster is, that's still not a talented team really at all to me. Um, so that's obviously been impressive. Devin, do you have any players they think are most impressive and then maybe hit on your most disappointing as well?
1: Um, well, actually I actually had a team that
0: was most impressive, but Mason stole it from me, the Dolphins. <laughs> the Dolphins are playing well, definitely. Um, I think one other thing I just want to throw this out there, and we talked about them earlier, but I think the Steelers also probably would go in one of the most impressive for me. That I mean, true. obviously they're a talented team, but I don't think that many people saw them being this good going into the oh, year. A lot sure. of people thought that division was going to be, you know, probably red, led by the Ravens, continuing what they did last year, and even the Browns, there's always been a lot of hype with them, which at least this year they're performing better than they have been, but... I think we ought to give some love to the Steelers as well. That team's playing really well. Um, Biggest disappointments for the year, I went for players. I said Kirk Cousins. I think he's been super disappointing. I've always actually been somewhat, I don't want to say fan because it's Kirk Cousins, but I've always thought he was a decent quarterback, and this year he has just completely underperformed. Um, I also put down Drew Brees. I mean, I put in a lot of quarterbacks here, but quarterbacks are really, you know, what wins you and loses you games. Drew Brees has not been playing very well. He's looking like his age is clearly hitting him. I wouldn't be surprised if he retires after this season. And then, to me, the last one was just the Texas, the Texans franchise. Um, I think not many people were surprised by it, but they are horribly ran and at least good for them for making a coaching change and GM change. Uh, Mason, what are your biggest disappointments?
2: So, you already hit on the Texans. I want to hit on the Falcons because I don't think a lot of people really had them making the playoffs this year, but you know, I, kind of, I really wanted to believe in Dan Quinn to uh, build a winning... They have talented players all over the field, at least on offense. Defense was obviously going to be a work in progress, especially that very young secondary, and we've seen that. I mean, that young secondary was bad, and then it got injured, and now it's really, really bad. Their entire defense is crumbling. Matt Ryan's been inconsistent. Julio Jones has been on and off the field. Todd Gurley's actually been a nice surprise for them running the ball, but really, I mean, they're just of a mess. I'm glad they actually fired Dan Quinn and are going to try and get hopefully get somebody else in there to right the ship. And then same thing with the Vikings. You talked about Kirk Cousins earlier. He's been bad this year, outside of a few nice performances against Seattle and in garbage time against the Falcons last week. He really hasn't been what we expected him to be. Uh, Adam Thielen still a great receiver. Dalvin Cook, when healthy, still a top five back in the
0: league. I'm disappointed with their defense. Yeah, really, that's the big thing. I mean they're they have such they have so many options. Weapons on the offense still. I mean, you look at those guys. Jefferson's been great. Thielens still there. Dalvin Cook's awesome. Kirk Cousins letting him down, and then the defense is just getting destroyed.
2: Which is, I mean, it's really hard. For, I mean, they did lose. Uh, remind me of their nose tackle's name. Went to the Chargers. Lind- Linval Joseph. Linval Joseph. Thank you. Yeah, he was a great run stopper. He left the defensive line. <laughs> uh, Denale Hunter's been hurt. They lost Everson Griffin to the Cowboys. He was kind of injury prone though in his last few years. They gained Yannick Ngakwe. He's been great for them. But just like the Falcons, their secondary has been a major letdown outside of you know Harrison Smith, who's always great.
0: All right, yeah. Um, well, that was some of our biggest uh, improvements and disappointments from the year. Uh, it was really good to get to a little midseason look at our playoff picture and our MVP race as well. Uh, we're going to finish it up in just a few moments here. We're going to go over. Mason's going to do a little... Uh, fantasy football preview with his top five you know, players to look out for this week in fantasy for week seven, and then we're going to go over some of the games right after this. Welcome to Mason's Fab Five. Each week I give you five
2: players in fantasy that I think are underrated and going into great matchups. Starting at number one, Thursday Night Football, Eagles-Giants, I have Greg Ward Jr., the slot for the Eagles. That's the Giants have given up a ton of yardage to the slot this season. Travis Fulgham's another nice pick, but they do have James Bradbury, who's actually been quietly great for their pretty bad secondary this season, shadowing him. Second, I have DeAndre Swift going against the Falcons. Finally had his breakout game last week in Jacksonville. I think the coaching staff finally learned who their explosive running back is. Second-round pick out of Georgia. Obviously, he was meant to lead this backfield. Signing Adrian Peterson kind of clogged that up, but I think they're finally letting him take the reins. I think we need to get
0: AP back in there, given I'm playing DeAndre Swift in the fantasy this week, Mason. <laughs> All right, moving on to number three. We have
2: Latavius Murray against oh, the Panthers. God. Devin, flex option. <laughs> Devin's flex option, yeah. I uh, Obviously, he's the backup to Alvin Kamara, but they really do use him as more of their hammerback, just straight dives, plunges, all that type of power running. And the Panthers' defensive line has been pretty abysmal when it comes to run defense. So while I think Alvin Kamara is going to have a great day, I wouldn't sleep on Latavius Murray having a solid day fantasy-wise as well. Going to another power back, we have uh, Justin Jackson for the Chargers. He more so took over the role in that two-headed committee last week against the or two weeks ago against the Saints, outplayed Joshua Kelly by a sizable margin. I'd say oh, wow. looked more explosive, and they're going up against the Jaguars' defense that just let DeAndre Swift run all over them. And fifth, I have uh, Jameson Crowder for the Jets. Don't forget about Jameson Crowder. Obviously, I mean, great player. He's probably the only player in that offense that's effective outside of uh, Rashad Perryman. I'd say, and even Rashad Perryman's not. Great, Jameson Crowder is going to eat up targets. He's going to eat up reception. So if you're in a PPR league, definitely start Jameson Crowder this week.
0: All right. Thank you, Mason, for bringing us the Fab Five. Look out every week for Mason to be bringing his fantasy players, helping you guys with your waiver wire pickups. Now we're going to be hitting Week 7 this upcoming week. Uh, we have some teams on by, but we're going to talk about four matchups that are kind of massive or at least storylines to look out for this week. First big one, I think it's the highlight game of the week, Steelers-Titans, two 5-0 uh, and oh teams playing each other. You know, this is going to be a big battle. Um, what do you guys have to say about it? This is two good defense coming up for each other. I think the other storyline is Derrick Henry facing the incredible Steelers run defense. Mason, what do you have to say?
2: I think a big factor in this game is uh, Taylor Lewan going down last week for the Titans. That's Tore big. his ACL out for the season. I think the, the trenches are going to be the most important factor in this game, as you just said. Steelers front seven, Titans offensive line, Derrick Henry, Let's not forget, that the Steelers lost Devin Bush for the season last week. That's huge, leading the quarterback of your defense. We're going to have to see how, uh, I believe, Vince Williams might be their second linebacker. If he steps up, leads that defense. Hopefully they can still contain Derrick. Uh, and can play action be effective for the Titans? Because play action is a huge part of their offense when they're not giving it to Derrick Henry. Obviously you want to suck up those corners, get A.J. Brown behind them. Exactly. We yeah, all love I'm
0: Brian Tannehill, be. but... We don't want Ryan Tannehill, you know, sitting in the pocket having to make complete decisions. It really helps when you get he that can running do game it, to do the play action. Yeah,
2: that's not a f- ideal. And then can Pittsburgh effectively attack the Titans weak week secondary? We talked about all their receiving options. Claypool, Washington, Johnson, Smith-Schuster, Ebron. Can Ben disperse the ball effectively? And then, obviously, I just said, will the Titans O-line give Henry enough running room? Yeah, definitely an
0: intriguing matchup Plug up for Devin, what are you looking out for this week?
1: You know, I think it's pretty intriguing Corey Davis coming back for this Titans offense. That's
0: big fifth overall pick in the draft. You know, huge expectations he's had. Definitely hasn't lived up to him, you know, the last few years. What do you have to you think he's gonna have a big week? Um, I think he could with AJ Brown especially being there. He
1: could get some attention. Yeah, I
0: think he's definitely a talented player. The talent's still there. He's just had probably rough situations. He's not had the most reliable quarterback play in the past few years, obviously. Tannehill coming in, though, and then he's been hurt. I think with A.J. Brown now being the clearly established number one there, that can definitely help free him up and uh, probably have some more space as well. Um, let's just finish this up with, does anyone else have uh, anything to say? And then if not, who do you think is going to win?
2: I like the Steelers just because they're a more complete team. The Titans' defense is not there yet.
1: Devin? You know what? I, I think Henry loves playing at home, so, you know what? I think he takes
0: the game over and Tennessee wins. Derrick Henry does love it. Um, It's tough for me. I, I love running the ball. I really like Derrick Henry, but I, I just think the Steelers team is too impressive right now. They're on a roll. They're just looking so good. I don't I don't see anything stopping them, at least to be honest, in that offense. Um, So, yeah, so we got two, two for the Steelers, one for the Titans. We'll really see what happens, and uh, one of those teams is going to end up getting their first loss of the season. Uh, next up, kind of a big question here. Is this bit of an elimination game for the Saints? 3-2, and two, you know, is this going to be a big game? They're playing Carolina, so that should be a win. But if they lose this game, are we kind of counting them out? See, you said should be a win. Don't sleep on Carolina, I told you. They've been impressive this season. Definitely. The defense
2: hasn't been great. They've been good against the pass, though. And the Saints, other than checkdowns to Alvin Kamara, haven't been especially great. You know, they might get Michael Thomas back with the hamstring, might throw him a couple slants, but I'm not sure
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael Thomas, you know, might not be playing this weekend. Uh, as an owner of him in fantasy, we don't really need to talk about Michael Thomas. Um, I would, all I would like to say is, I actually at answer the question: Is an elimination game for the Saints? I say no. I think it'd be it's huge. They do need to go out and win this game because as a three and two team, obviously you can't really drop to three and three right now if they have the intentions they do, the roster they do, they're spending the type of money they do on players. But to me, other than the Buccaneers, their division is not that talented. I don't think I'm not a huge fan. Carolina's playing well, but I don't think that team is probably on the same level as they are at all. So, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too concerned if you're a Saints fan if they lose this game. But I, I think they definitely need to go out there and set the message to get a win. How about you, Devin?
1: Yeah, I don't think this is a must win for the Saints. I like I
0: have them winning the division still. I still trustless offense. So we think Drew's going to figure it out. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Drew Brees as well, because he, you know, has definitely been declining. Uh, Mason, what have you kind of seen from Drew Brees this year that, that's really giving you concerns?
2: You know, it's tough. The arm strength has never
0: been elite with Drew Brees. But yeah, he's, always, he's never been that guy.
2: He's always been accurate, obviously. He's always found a way to get the ball there. This year, the accuracy's kind of tailed a bit. I just keep thinking about one throw from that Monday night game against the Chargers where he tried to loft the ball to, I believe, either Emmanuel Sanders or Traquan Smith. But it, it was just badly, like, overthrown. It was just, I mean, a complete duck in the air. And it got intercepted.
0: Is it Jameis time?
2: You know my feelings about Jameis Winston. You know I think he's actually a legitimately good quarterback with some But not Jameis issues. yet. We, we not, still not, waited It's out. not Jameis
0: time yet. I believe he could succeed in that
2: offense, but I, you got to roll with a future Hall of Famer. Exactly, former. yeah. You, yeah. You,
0: you stay with him until, uh, I would say you roll with him no matter what this year. And then obviously... He might retire at the end of the year, even if he doesn't, then maybe you look at Jameis next year. But I think right now you roll with Drew. I think the Saints are still going to win this week. I think they have a talented team. It's hard not to look at them. Michael Thomas, you know, re his hamstring, is what it sounds like, but he's, he was still limited at practice today, so there's still definitely a chance he could play this weekend. So I think the Saints are definitely on the up. Uh, the next big game of the week is going to be fun. It's the big NFC West matchup, Seahawks-Cardinals 5-0. and and then the Cardinals are a 4-2, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think this this one for me, at least, the big storyline is we really get to see how good is Arizona. Um, I think we saw a lot of it Monday night, but that Cowboys team also is not very good. Um, so basically, re- we really get to see is is Arizona legit if they go out and beat Seattle, or to me, if Seattle win this game, I think I think we might be looking at Seattle as, as a team to go really challenge for the Super Bowl. Because the past few years, Seattle's obviously been good, but I don't think they have been like a Super Bowl— Full contender, do we think that's really what Seattle is?
2: Well, I gotta ask you guys first of all, are you, I mean, are you ready for some points? This is gonna be the highest scoring game of the week. I, at least I believe so. Arizona's defense, obviously, I praised earlier, but that was a Cowboys team without Dak Prescott. This is a Seahawks team with arguably the best quarterback in football this year and two absolute stud receivers. I really think the Cardinals' secondary is gonna be challenged. I think Patrick Peterson, especially, is gonna be challenged. He's looked a little uh, aged this year, got beat by Michael Gallup a couple times last week. It's really, can Arizona get effective pressure on Russell Wilson and start to rattle him early? And then, can Arizona maintain balance? They need to be able to pass and run almost as effectively as they did last week against uh, Dallas. They cannot fall behind early. They can't get in a big hole or else they're in trouble. Yeah,
0: definitely. To me, the big important thing is they looked so great against Dallas last week or on Monday. But, as I said earlier, Kyler only completed nine passes on, yeah. on Monday. And, obviously, against a team like uh, Seattle... They're not going to have that much of a lead where they're going to be able to just rely on the run game so much. And Kenny Drake performed well, but it's going to be how, – how well is he going to perform? Probably with less carries in more important situations. And same as Kyler. We're going to need him to complete more passes. And at least he was accurate. He wasn't turning the ball over. But I think we need to see more of that and see him probably get a little bit more aggressive in the passing game as well. Devin, what do you have to say about it?
1: Yeah, I think Kyler will get more aggressive in the passing game just because Seattle's corners aren't aren't the best. And Arizona obviously has D Hop.
0: So I, think, I think he's the best receiver in the game.
1: Yeah, I think D-Hop
0: will have a huge game on Sunday. Yeah, so uh, what do we think? If if Seattle, let's say, comes out and wins this game, they're 6-0, and they're sitting pretty on the top of the NFC, are we thinking this is a team that, that can go win the Super Bowl right now?
2: If they win this game convincingly. I still need to see their defense. Coming off a of bye week, I know this has to make Pete Carroll sick, even though they're undefeated so far, just watching this defense play the way it has. If they can get the defense rated, I think there's – nobody that can stop them.
0: Yeah. I mean, they got Bobby in control of that defense, so hopefully they can, you know, really sharpen that up through the second half of the year. Um, Devin, what do you think? Is this is this a legitimate Super Bowl team right here?
1: Um, Only if their defense improves. Their yeah. defense is a huge concern for them right now, and Jamal should come back soon for yeah. them. because
2: as Devin said earlier, I mean, this is an honest podcast. The Seahawks' corners aren't, eh, they're they're terrible. They're bad. Yeah. They, they're bad. They have been terrible this year. Quentin yeah. Dunbar, Trey Flowers... Uh, Shaquille Griffin you're not getting it done
0: not getting it done um, I mean another thing to look out too as well this is week 7 obviously week 8 trade deadline they might look to make a move as well try to bolster that secondary we've already seen them be aggressive in the trade market in the offseason going and getting Jamal you know they've done it in the past as well so it's really definitely possible you know they went out uh, to get other players before so we could see this happen uh, so I think we're really excited to see what's going on with Seattle. I think after this week is really probably next week we'll be able to really decide if we're fully in on Seattle. Uh, the last game we're gonna kind of talk about here is Pats Niners. Um, is this a must-win for the Patriots? I'm gonna start it out and say I, I think it is. Um, if they if they want to make the playoffs, we're not really sure exactly what this Patriots team's looking at. Obviously with with Bill, I think that. He wants to win every game. I don't think he's one of those players that's gonna you know, one of those coaches that's gonna roll over and just take a draft pick, although I think a lot of people think that might be more beneficial for them to go get a quarterback. Um, I think they're invested in Cam and I think they're looking to actually try to make the playoffs this year, especially with a seventeen playoff. Um so I think this is a must win if they're looking to make the playoffs. They gotta get back to five hundred. Um uh what do you guys think is uh about this game against the Niners? I mean, what for the
2: Patriots, unlike the Saints, I mean I get it. The Patriots, they had the COVID issues. They had to uh, practice remotely. Cam missed a game. He came back. But they looked, on uh, offensively, they looked beyond awful. I mean, Cam couldn't complete passes. They couldn't protect Cam. The Broncos blitzed very effectively, containing him in the run game. When Cam can't run, he is what we thought he was going to be coming into the season. I mean, he had that big game against Seattle. We all thought, oh, this is MVP Cam. False He's hope back. Game. Complete false hope game. He's a great runner. But I mean, when you contain him in the pocket, he's nothing more than an average quarterback. So basically, Mason,
0: career. he gave us an Orlando Magic game one of the playoffs type 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 game.
2: Orlando game one of the playoffs every year is perfect for what I'd
0: say. That's what, that's game. what Cam gave us basically. We love the little false hope game. Um, Devin, maybe talk a little bit about. Do you think the Pats is this a must win for them? And also, is this a must win in a sort of way for the Niners? I mean, are they going to drop down to you know a losing record? Is that, are they going to be able to come back from that and make the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I think it's a must-win for both teams. For the Niners first, the NFC is obviously a really tough conference to make the playoffs in. For them to be 3-3, three and three, I believe, if they lose this game, that'll be very tough for them to uh, sneak into the wild card. And then for the Patriots, I also think it's a must-win. Um, Their offense obviously has to get better. Their defense, even with their opt-outs, have been... Very impressive to me.
2: I would agree. And I would just want to talk about some matchups in this game. So, I mean, really, I feel like can the Niners' banged up defense contain Cam Newton? Because I talked about if he's running, he's effective. It's like, don't get me wrong, course. yes. And then on the Patriots side of things defensively, can Bill Belichick do what he does best, take away the other team's best weapon, and effectively take away George Kittle while also effectively containing this 49ers' run game? What Definitely. do you, those do you are, think? Those are two
0: so? big matchups for sure. Um. Yeah, it'll be a good game to watch. Is this the? Is it the Sunday night game this week, or is it Monday? One twenty. One twenty-five. Okay, so we got the prime time. At least the the game of the week window. So it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Um, I agree though. I do. I think it's probably a, a, a must-win for both teams if they're really looking to be serious about the playoffs. So uh, that's gonna sum up our week seven preview, at least. Um, that we didn't really discuss about doing this before, but I think we just ended up here with the three of us. Gonna do a little preview, or at least of how we're feeling about our teams right now. All
2: right, so I am a Chiefs fan. I get it. You know, you might think bandwagon, bandwagon. I promise you, I've rooted for this team my whole life. Coming off that win against the Bills, five and one, I feel I do feel pretty good about their about their chances this year again, going back to back
0: must be confident with how they're playing.
2: We have to fix our offensive line's pass protection issues, though. I mean, seriously, if we can't protect Patrick Mahomes for more than a second every play, then we're not going to go anywhere against a good pass rush. I, I overall feel good. I don't feel great, per se, because the Bills, I don't know how to feel about the Bills. Yeah. The
0: Bills yeah. are definitely a question mark right now. I'll say, as an Eagles fan, I don't know how much there is really to say. Um, it's a lot of disappointment on the field. Um, I think they're going to make the playoffs, and that is purely down to the division is just more terrible than we are. We have no weapons. Uh, we've had 22 different starters on offense this year, which is impressive. It It's it's just yeah, there's been a lot of injuries, a lot of bad things going on. I think Wentz has gotten a little bit of unnecessary uh, hate. I think he, with what he has right now, he's playing decently at, last, at least the last two weeks, but uh, Wentz has definitely underperformed this year. He's turned the ball over way too much, fumbling, throwing picks. So. I think the Eagles are in a really bad spot right now, and they they still might make the playoffs because of the division, but they are not the team that many people thought they were going into the year. Devin, what about the Packers?
1: Um, Well, I'm a Packers fan. Obviously, the Sunday game happened against Tampa. We're not going to talk about that, though. Moving but, uh, forward, I like it. But, uh, you know, I want to see, like, this pass rush get back to last year's success. They've kind of not gone after the quarterback as much this year, so I'd like to see. Some improvements. Like
2: Preston Smith. Preston Smith's kind of had a bad start to the year. And hopefully
0: they, hopefully they use Rashawn Gary more in ways. Yeah, get him more involved. All right. Well, that was our, uh, like I said, the outlook on for Week Seven. A little discussion about our own teams as well. Um. So that was the, uh, the first episode of our Three Man Weave Sports Podcast. Uh, Next week we're probably going to be coming at you with a little bit of an NBA off season preview. We're going to discuss our thing, our opinions on the draft where we think players are going to go. Devin's going to give us a little breakdown of what teams he thinks are going to be the most important to have a good offseason, who he thinks needs to have a good offseason. And then we'll probably touch up a little bit on the World Series as well, which is happening right now. It just started last night. So uh, thank everyone for listening, and uh, we're excited to be back.